0: Welcome IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist and a
1: nutritionist, and I'm a bodybuilder. I'm Rob Fortress Fortney. I'm a former editor at MuscleMag International, a former competitive bodybuilder, and a powerlifter.
2: And hey, this is Phil Stevens. I'm a competitive strength athlete, I guess, in, in several arenas. I'm also the founder of LiftForHope.org. StrengthField. dot com and I am not afraid of weighing over two hundred and
1: fifteen pounds. Oh, here it, comes. <laughs> here it comes! He comes out of the blocks with it. Yeah, he's coming out <laughs> swinging, dude.
0: <laughs> All right, listeners, this is the scoop. We're, if we talk about recent trading, I ate myself up to two hundred and fifteen pounds, so it was about a fifteen pound gain from where I was, sadly. But and I started feeling too fat, and I backed off, so I just I, I just brought it back to about two hundred and ten, but. Yeah, Apparently that's, that's not okay with these 280 pound behemoths around. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's dreadfully that's unacceptable. <sighs> so,
0: I wussed out, I guess. You know what? I'm just gonna try to hold it here for a little bit and then I'll make my next stab, you know, late spring. I no, just, that's a good idea. I mean, honestly, when it's, when it, when more of it's going around your waist as a spare tire than across your, your shoulder girdle, yeah. you know, you gotta, and you know, not just that, but I was doing it really dirty. I mean, I was yeah. going to, Walmart and buying those, like, half cakes and eating them all. Oh, well, you know, you know that's your problem. Well, you know, Phil, I was on to, I was kind of getting hooked on Phil's um blood sugar squat magic, you know, just mm-hmm. basically almost get a caffeine-like effect from just swinging your blood sugar to diabetic high levels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it was pretty dirty. So I'm still eating a ton. I'm just trying to eat stuff like, you know, buckets of stew and chili and, and stuff like that instead of... Um, <laughs> Buckets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm still not um, not having problems, you know, with the meat pies and stuff. But like, you know, mostly the sugar. I'm just I'm pulling that out because I think that's the problem. It really is. Having said that, though, you know, and, and this will make you guys jump on me even more. But my, my lifts are bigger. You know, yeah. so when people say you know you can't flex fat, it's like, listen, metabolically something is going on there. Yes, you have more muscle mass. We've talked about yeah. that, right? You lay down a certain amount of lean tissue just by overeating. Um, but there's, there's no question that, you know, like my bench was going up.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I want to I mention be- something here. There's a, if anybody wants to go over to get big and check out, a on the first page is a thread. This actually kind of is a lead into kind of some of the stuff we're talking about today, but there, there's a guy on there. Somebody posted a video of a dude and he's benching 600 pounds for six reps raw. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to find this guy's name I think his name's Eric anyway if somebody knows who this guy's full name is or knows how to con um contact him um let um, contact us via through our website cause, yeah that's madness because I'd like to have to have this guy on the show um, this guy i I don't know a lot about his uh stats or anything like that um but yeah if you guys if anybody's interested it's on the first page as of today um halfway down right now. Um, and yeah, he does a really clean set of six with 600. Oof. I mean, that's, that's huge. That's insane. Like, that's brutally insane. Yeah, I don't that's
0: think... a set with 600.
1: Yeah, and like I, mean, I said, you know, they're clean reps too. Um, I have no idea, like I said, the dimensions of this guy, his size, his age. I don't know anything, but. And you can you know work your way through the links there to different things of him doing like well, there's stuff to him doing like shoulder presses with three fifteen all sorts of and there's a guy that's in the thread that's saying that he knows him very well and then he's gonna be doing a lot more um videos and that his other lifts are quite impressive as well so if this if this is real this i honestly i mean like i said if there's if there's nothing fake about this um somebody who can do that is in the manner of what he's doing it um is probably. In line to probably, you know, best Scott Mendelson's raw record if he keeps at, you know, keeps at it. Cause, yeah. you know, I mean, if you look at guys like, you know, Ryan Keneally and stuff, I, I think, you know, I don't think he could do 600 pounds for more than, you know, probably, you know, four or five.
0: Well, I don't oh. care if this guy weighs 350, 400 pounds. That's not well, well, impressive
1: I regardless. I was going to say, reasons. anybody who does this anyway, and Phil knows this, anybody, I don't care how juiced up you are anybody who's doing those kind of weights i mean here i mean you know mendelson i think was like 385 when he did what he did ryan yeah. keneally i gotta think got up to like over 340 350 when he did his you know biggest lifts of course he's now in the in the can but um you know so i mean yeah these guys are huge i mean there's i if i mean if this guy was under 300 pounds i mean but i i doubt that i mean you'd have to just be massive just to be able to kind of counter that weight properly yeah. but yeah, so like I said, if anybody knows who this guy is, or, or if the guy himself is listening, contact us, please. We'd like to maybe have you on the show or something, cause, uh, this is pretty cool stuff. Anyway. Absolutely. And, I, and it doesn't, it's, it's kinda hard to impress me, because... There's so much fake. Like, bull, <laughs> well, you know, well, no, not because it's hard weight. to
0: impress the mighty fortress.
1: No, but <laughs> there's so much fake stuff out there, and so much bull crap with the equipment, and so much bull crap with people assisting, and so much. Yeah, you watch too much YouTube, and and you know, really shallow squats, and I mean, there's so much of that crap out there that you know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. If if there's if this is all legit, and those that's actual, really the weight. Whew, wow. yeah Oh, and one more thing I wanted to say. I got a great letter um, last week, late last week, from Chris Carroll. Um, he just wanted to thank us for the uh, show. He really enjoys it, and he was actually introduced to the show from his good friend pa- Paolo Ferretti. And apparently, he's turning uh, Paolo is turning 24 this week, I believe, and he's competing in his first competition. Um, he's doing the 2012 SPF Super Training Open, and uh, it's his first show. Like I said first meet and uh cross carol asked if we would give a shout out to him and wish him well and uh certainly absolutely absolutely so, yeah so uh mr freddy there you um uh, happy birthday a and b um do as well as you can and and give it your all and let us know how you do go on our facebook page or something and uh tell us how you did and and remember it's uh it, it it's just something to have the have the cojones to go and actually uh, compete. So uh, it's ha-
0: all win, right? Regardless of the outcome. That's man, right. That's,
1: that's Iron Radio approved. So uh, yeah, good luck, man. Go get them. Well, Phil, you just had uh, in in
0: other news, you had a, a meet out there, yeah?
2: Yeah, I had the first sanctioned meet at my facility. Um, good time. We had, we had a great time. My wife came out of it as the uh, being known as the hard ass judge, but the fair judge. She kept red light everybody oh, on ooh, depth. Ooh. So, but that was good. And she, she red lighted her best friend on the bench and got yelled at. <laughs> but, but, um uh, no, we had, we had people from, had one lifter from California, people from Omaha, Kansas City, and then, uh, all around here. So it, it turned out well. We had, um, uh, you know, a good time. Bunch of people in the crowd, um, set up a lot of state records and, and whatnot. So I had, to uh, just, uh, congratulate everybody who came and lifted. Had everybody from an 11 year old kid on up to, uh, had one guy I've known for a while, Zach Best, came in and hit just under sixteen hundred pound total at two fifty nine raw. Very nice. Um, right. And uh, yeah, so. So are they? Time.
0: Do you have a big corn cornfed boys down there like we do up here in the upper Midwest? Right? Yeah,
2: we got some of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's one of the things I loved about moving back here from Phoenix and uh, Northern California. The, the athletes here aren't afraid to eat, yeah. and that's one. That was the biggest thing I dealt with there. Um, in sunny California and sunny Phoenix, you know, they, none of them wanted to, to lose their abs. And it was like, well, okay, well, yeah, good luck. <laughs> but uh, Well, you guys from, know, I,
0: I'm more interested in that than you are. You guys probably have zero interest in that, but even oh, how, yeah. I, I have, mean, there's a time to eat. Actually, most of the year is a time to eat, yeah.
2: you know? The thing is though, your sport relies on it. There's nothing, you know, I've never, I've never seen an abdominal muscle pick up a weight. Yeah. It just, you know, um, It'll win a bodybuilding contest, but
0: yeah. Well, the truth know, is, I mean, thick, thick abdominals, and you know, my abs are actually stretched out a bit when, from all the years of squatting. Like I've actually had people say in the gym, "Wow, you can really push your gut out there." I'm like, got to be done, you know. Yeah. When when I do this movement, that's that's how it's going to happen.
2: Yeah.
0: You know how like saxophone players will get big cheeks, for example. Yeah. That kind of thing. And when I competed le- last year, actually, actually I, I noticed that like I tightened down my stomach, and I'm like, God, I just dropped like eight inches off my waist when I relaxed, you know. (laughs) I couldn't relax because my squatter history would show. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, I've got some other news here before we uh, go on. Um, Well, first, I just wanted to say thank you, everybody. We already met our uh, iTunes um, voter goal, you know, um, or reviews goal. We already have reached 100 reviews, and, I mean, you guys did that in record time, so – Thank you a ton. Maybe I'll, I'll continue to read some of those in the future like I did before. Um, but, you know, good stuff. I and mean, we literally had like 20 to 30 reviews just pour in. So, you know, that stuff really helps us on YouTube. So thank you. Um, and here's something uh, I haven't told you guys about. And I don't know if listeners, you've heard about this. Here's something from the Associated Press. Uh, it was by uh, Rodrique uh But it's called Getting Caffeine Fixed. Uh, getting a caffeine fix is as easy as taking a deep breath have you guys heard about these caffeine inhalers no listen to this the product called AeroShot went on the market late last month and again this just came out february 8th so went on the market late last month in Massachusetts and New York and it's also available in France a single unit costs 2.99 as you know $2.99 at convenience mom and pop liquor and online stores Biomedical engineering professor David Edwards, I think he's a Harvard prof, uh, said AeroShot is a, is safe and does not contain common additives like taurine used to amplify the caffeine effect in common energy drinks. Uh, each gray and yellow plastic canister holds uh, or contains 100 milligrams of caffeine plus B vitamins. It says, and you know, here it comes. Um, but Democratic U.S. Uh, Senator Charles Schumer of New York wants the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to review AeroShot, uh, you know, saying it's going to become a club drug and, and this and that. And apparently, um, Schumer's press secretary wasn't available for comment and the FDA wasn't available for comment. But anyway, down at the bottom, it just sort of, um, sums up. Once a user sh- um, shoots a puff of calorie free AeroShot into his or her mouth, the lemon lime powder begins dissolving almost instantly. Each single-use container has up to six puffs. So wow, now we're inhaling it. And you know, the <laughs> first thing I thought of was, you know, uh, powerlifters, you know, with the smelling salts and stuff like that. Yeah. That you know, it, I just immediately drew some connections there. Um,
1: but yeah, to what's
0: you know, right? What, you know, like the smelling salts and stuff. Oh just yeah, right, right, right. Throw yeah. your head back, woo, and then do your set, you know, kind of thing. And right. Uh, imagine. You ever, the combination you ever of smelling
2: salts? Spilled? Yeah, I have.
1: Okay. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I've i never actually used them. I,
2: yeah, I give it a shot, you know. My problem was, is I'm pretty hyped up anyways, and I took that, and it was like, I couldn't see. <laughs> Your eyes are watering. It's like, where the hell is the bar? But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Point <to the> bar. <laughs> yeah, it was like, nah, I don't need that. But, um, yeah, I know a lot of people who do.
0: Yeah, imagine if you mixed them then. Caffeinated <laughs> smelling salts. How about that? There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I just thought readers might
1: be interested in, or listeners, rather, uh, with all that thing.
0: Caffe- yeah, it, caffeine inhalers, the arrow shot. Brand new stuff.
1: Hey, do you guys want me to just um, bring up this thing I told you about before the show with the, I just thought it was kind of interesting here for our listeners because we kind of touch about, uh, upon this intermittently and sporadically on the show. The whole concept of kind of our society's, um, you know, uh, stereotypical ideas and kind of almost brainwashed ideas of what has to constitute, you know, what is a quote unquote athlete. And there was yeah. a, Interesting, um, a day or two before the uh, Super Bowl, in the Toronto Star, there was a a piece, and it's it's called, uh, the tag is, Gridiron Gang, supersized at the Super Bowl, are some of the 27 Patriots and Giants who weigh more than 300 pounds, too fat to be real athletes. And as soon as I saw that, I was just like, oh man, I had to go right to the page to look into this. And I cut it out because I thought, again, this kind of falls to a lot of the stuff that we've discussed um, and they're just talking about, and they, in to the credit of the person who wrote the article, they, they did consult a lot of train like professional trainers and so forth. And, um, they're specifically using as an example of uh, this new England Patriots, uh, nose tackle, v- Vince Wilford. Um, he's over 325 pounds, six foot two. Um, people are saying he might be a lot more than that, but the point being is, you know, that, um, one of the quotes here is, uh, from one of the professionals they were talking about is, um, you know um from the outset, not being derogatory, this guy looks like a fat pig, but it couldn't be any further from the truth. It's misleading because you see him in short bursts, but what you don't understand is how fast the bursts happen and how violent the bursts are. He's a phenomenal athlete in his role. Then it goes on to say how that this Wilford um, he can run 40 yards in a smidge over five seconds. he holds state uh, state record in Florida in the shot put where he also wrestled and played rugby. Um, and he, he claims to conduct a basketball, which I, I certainly don't doubt. And and they're just going on about how, again, the misconceptions. And I like the fact that, like I say, they're bringing a lot of experts and talking about, um, you know, um, how these people are, you know, elite athletes. And it's, as we always say, it's, you know, directly, directly, you know, proportional <laughs> to what it is that they're doing. Um, you know, and outside of football, you know, pure strength sports, I mean, are not mainstream, so most people have an idea of, you know, athletes being the classic kind of figure skater or, you know, <laughs> something like that, or gym, gymnast or something like that. So, this is kind of an interesting, um and again, it was in the Toronto Star, and I don't know if they, if they reprint this stuff online or so forth, but it was kind of interesting.
2: Yeah, I think it, I think it goes back to people, the general pop, I guess, not, not understanding the role of specific, Yeah, I can't even talk today specificity right you know he's he's building himself to fit the role he has to play his role is to be a mass of humanity and not let anybody past him
1: and that, yeah <laughs> and that's what they're talking about they're talking about yeah he's his role is to you know to protect the quarterback and to you know that's just to be immovable you know so he needs immense strength and to go with it he needs immense size you know and there are, is another interesting thing they were talking about here is saying in how you know the the as with every sport, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, what word am I looking for? The standards go up, right? They're talking about, yeah. uh, bigger men on one side of the line beget bigger men on the other side. In the first Super Bowl, 45 years ago, the biggest players were 260 pounds. In 1970, only one NFLer weighed 300 pounds yes associated press found there were more than 500 of those XXXL humans at NFL training camps 40 years later yeah. so you know and and i think a lot of this you know if you guys remember william perry the refrigerator yes um, back in the 80s yeah, i think he was one of the guys that kind of was bringing that to the forefront you know bigger and bigger and bigger but um, hey you know what like again any sport strength sport or sport that you know has such a a large measure of you know strength as being something that an ideal As with any other sport, you know, I mean, as time goes on, the athletes get, you know, bigger, stronger. Look at hockey. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm up in Canada. I don't know if you guys are besieged as much as we are up in Canada with constant hockey talk. But I mean, look at the concussions that are happening right now, and you know, the the sport's best player right now, Sidney Crosby. You know, please for the, he's a Canadian playing for the uh Penguins. I mean, this is and he, he undoubtedly is the best player right now in the league. I mean, this guy might never play again because of concussions. And people are talking, well, why is it happening? Why is it happening? They're wearing helmets now. They're, you know, they never used to back in like the you know. But the the, the fact is, and and I kept saying it, and finally a, a week or so ago, some was were right there, and they finally said what I kept saying. Players today are faster and bigger. You know, professional well. NHL players now. I mean some of the big guys are you know they're six foot two six foot three two twenty, two hundred thirty pounds and for a hockey player, that's gigantic yes you know I
2: think the other thing that that people miss on that and that's the same thing with the whole rugby versus American football um, thing uh, you know the rugby guys oh you guys aren't so tough to wear pads right they've done tests on it you throw pads on somebody you're good. They'll, they'll automatically hit a lot harder because they're not afraid of it hurting. Mm. they are hitting so much more hard you don't have pads you, you kind of put a, a governor on yourself
1: <laughs> you know wow. you
2: throw pads on and they just throw their bodies like it's nothing
1: wow um, never thought about that yeah
2: but um i think it, it goes back to you know we talked about it for fit or athletic needs to be held in its own context you know the fittest the marathon runner in the world is going to suck on an nfl field you know on the line but and, and vice versa it fit, it has to be in context with, with what that person has to do.
0: Absolutely. I even teach that in class when we talk about, you know, the actual definition of, uh, physical fitness, you know, when yeah. flexibility, muscle strength, muscle endurance, yeah. cardiovascular endurance, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously marathon runners are going to suck at strength. You know, power lifters are usually not going to be tremendous at, you know, vo2 max and endurance and the ability to run 10 k's or more you know i mean that's just not what you're doing you're carrying dead weight or what have you or like rob you're what you're talking about what possible advantage would a six pack of abs have for a football lineman you know none exactly yeah you know so i mean uh, and you brought
1: something interested before the um before we started this lonnie kind of when we were kind of talking about the show today you were saying about how you know a lot of society views kind of like maybe you know um Excess weight is, weakness and so forth, because you were saying about how, you know, it shows indulgence to maybe, you know, excess food and stuff. But what people don't, again, realize, um, I guess to no fault of their own, because they're just ignorant to the whole thing, is guys like this, guys like Phil and me, and even now you, Lonnie, although you've backed off and kind of wussified a little bit here, but... <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> the, the estrogen caught up with you, but the point being is, you, you know, like, we eat for a reason, right? He wants to be like that. You know, like Phil wants to be like that, I want to be like this, you know I mean it 's an inconvenience <laughs> like food is not pleasurable to me ninety nine percent of the time it 's just a pain in my ass i 'm trying to eat five six times a day, and it 's a pain in my ass, so it 's like you know excess weight it's there because it 's by design it's not it 's not weakness because I tell you right now, I could very easily drop to two fi two hundred and fifty two hundred and forty pounds if it, you know very quite happily um. But, you know, so it's – people have to understand that some people actually want to be that way. Well, know? make so no
0: mistake, all of us for our height are carrying 50 to 100 pounds more probably, you know, or at least 50 to 80 more than Mother Nature wants us to carry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, there's almost no uh, two ways about that. And that's not just the heavy weights you're pushing. Obviously, that's critical. But it's it's shoveling food when you're not hungry. You know, I used to work with football players and like, you know, just NCAA uh, like D1 football players, and they're like, oh, I'm not hungry, but I want to gain weight. I'm like, I don't care if you're hungry. What are you talking about? Your body wants to keep its homeostasis. It wants to weigh what it does now. If you want it to weigh more, then like you say, Fortress, you've got to eat like a bigger man. Um, and they just it, that doesn't click. You know, I'm not hungry. Well, of course you're not hungry. Your body is saying, okay, this is where we want to you know stay even keel. Well, then it's time to eat when you're not hungry. And I'm not saying eat till you throw up or something. That's foolish. But at the same time, you know, you've oh, got to it? eat more or less on a schedule. <laughs> it, it, Just okay. until you're breaking toilet seats, you know.
1: <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm happy to report that the one I bought there a few months ago is is, is holding strong.
0: Yeah, I, I, I took uh, your lead there, bro. I, I bought a heavy metal hinged toilet seat. I might even put it on our Facebook page. I I'm It's impressive. It is heavy. It's got big, you know, almost leaden-looking,
1: you know, hinges. Okay, so that, that, that's that's cause to bring up a new thing. If anybody ever busts their toilet seat, send us a picture of the busted toilet seat.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: and then send us a picture of the replacement.
0: Because you've earned that.
1: Yeah, and we'll we'll post yeah. those pictures. <laughs> just just make sure you get your naked ass off at first before you yeah. take the shot. It, unless you're Phil, because I'm sure I'm sure Phil would.
2: Ooh,
1: <laughs> that'll be my next Christmas. I, I was. <laughs> this your idea for your next one, yeah. Nice.
0: Okay, everybody, we are going to talk today about the most extreme uh, in the history of, of strength sports in general: bodybuilding, powerlifting, uh, performances, physiques. Uh, injuries, you know, some of the wackiest injuries. I know Rob's, you know, witnessed some horrific types of things before him. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? I want to preface this. Uh, w- well, in fact, before I do even preface it, maybe we should just go to break here. If that's cool with you guys.
1: Yeah, let's uh, just do that and get that out of the way. Yeah, cool. and we'll
0: come back. I just want to, I, I just want to set the stage with a couple of uh, caveats before we get into this. Um, because I think there are certain things that don't fit this category. And as I surf around the web, you know, looking at pictures and stuff, there's things that are really ruining it. Um, Anyway, I'll get into that when we get back from the break. So we'll be right back, everybody. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. And on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us – We'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, You can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, It's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, Uh, That would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks.
1: Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes... We are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it.
0: And we're back. So right before break, I was about to... uh launch into a tirade about things that have ruined uh, what we perceive as extreme uh, in physique and strength sports. And uh, I literally dug around the Internet, you know, typing in uh, key terms like extreme bodybuilding photos. And unfortunately, one thing that's ruining this is Photoshop. I think not only is it, yeah. you know, I mean, looking at these pictures, I'd say maybe a third of them are real and two thirds are completely, you know, absurd uh, and that's too bad because not only that's not just creativity, that's desensitizing people, you know, yeah. to what is truly impressive. Uh So then when they see something that's just mind-blowingly impressive, they're, they're like, eh, meh, you know, and you're like, OK, right. listen, Mr. Meh, you know, this is um, the land of Photoshop, you know, the age of Photoshop. And what you think is awesome doesn't exist, you know. Uh, and not just that, but yeah. well, other than Photoshop, you've got guys, somebody else that's, you know, something else that's not extreme are, you know, the constant appearance of pictures like Greg Valentine or Valentino.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, with his silicon arms. I remember having dinner with him that one night and him explaining to us about that, you know, about, oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, yeah, you know, um, transsexuals, they shape their hips with silicon. And this is not just oil like synthol and stuff. He, it's literally silicon. And, you know, the ignorance that you hear, even on, like, Discovery Channel and stuff, occasionally you'll see the odd show, and they'll talk about, you know, this sort of thing, like, oh, he's on anabolic steroids. It's like, okay, (laughs) anabolic steroids don't warp and mutate you like that. This guy is completely, and it's not just, you know, again, synthol or oil. It's silicon. He's a fool. I mean, he's actually a funny guy. I mean, you know. That night that we are having dinner there, at, I think... Yeah, probably, he, he is a laugh the, riot. There's no, York, there's
1: no question. Yeah.
0: Some New York pro show or something. But, you know, yeah. he's actually a, a funny and li- almost likable guy, but he's very nutty. And, again, people are getting desensitized because, you know, the average person doesn't even have the wherewithal to realize that that's not even muscle tissue.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know. But he, so, and, well, I, you know, it's, it's worth pointing out that that whole synthol thing, um, whatever, you know, they're using specifically, um, it, it seems to be a real trend in some of the countries like Dubai and so, so forth. I mean, if you, somebody for, um, started a thread on a muscle forum, oops, somebody's got a phone call, not too long ago, and it was showing how, um, it was showing just endless pictures of a lot of these guys, and I think a lot of people, including you, Lonnie, would be shocked at how many people actually now engage in this kind of nonsense. Um, you wouldn't believe how bad and idiotic some of these people look.
0: Oh, there's some pictures here as I'm just surfing around even now of old guys, uh, that have either implants or synthol and the, and they just, they look foolish, you know? I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know, maybe I take for granted that I have a trained eye, but I don't think you'd have to be a physiologist or a competitor to be able to see that, you know, that's, that's not even muscle tissue. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know about that. I think not, most people, most of the general population, is pretty stupid when it comes to that stuff because I don't. I, think they I, must I, be because yeah. most, most, most regular people kind of really do a double take when you tell them that bodybuilders and you know people use growth hormone and insulin. You know, people are like, I mean, I particularly like insulin. I hear a lot of people being like, insulin. Why would they take insulin? Blah blah. blah. You know what I mean? So I, I think the concept of actually injecting some sort of oil base or something. you know um substance into a muscle to a you know to artificially inflate it i think that just would go way further than most people could even you know
0: when I, i think to a competitor too that's when you talk about you know what's real and what's not real i mean you look at some of these guys that are enormous and even when it's from hormonal you know excess um that's living flexing twitching muscle tissue you know and i'll tell you i mean to me it's it's Cheating in the utmost, if you were to ever to try to compete in some way in a physique event, and you're literally an oil balloon, or a silicon balloon. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. It's not even muscle tissue. You know, and I don't know how anybody can walk away from something like that and say, oh, I, you know, I feel awesome, I'm, I did well. You know, I, I won. Wow. You, you know, and then like well, you said a couple of weeks ago that you got oil trickling down your rear delts. Well, I was actually just going to bring
1: that up again. You know, that whole thing where that there's that video on YouTube of that amateur bodybuilder, you know, doing a rear double bicep and, uh, you know, in line with all the other competitors in his category. And yeah, you actually see in his left, um, deltoid, um, the oil, he starts fluxing hard and you can actually see the, the, the oil start dripping out. Like pus and going down his back, believable. And he, uh when he know when he realizes what's happening, he looks, you know, justifiably very embarrassed. Right. And, and I'll tell
0: off. you what, too. Uh Now the truth is, I mean, and we talked about this before, but you know, extreme abuse of a cocktail of different anabolic agents, like you were talking about, Rob. I mean, it really is leading to a point where, and as I look at some of these Photoshop images, we're not. You know, necessarily that far away. I mean, it's almost like we're reaching the point. I look at some of the pictures of Ronnie Coleman's back, for example. Oh. And you know, and it's, it is Photoshoppy and, uh, even, you know, when it's real. And I really do think we're coming up on this era where the quest for size is over. Unfortunately, you know, I mean, back in the old days, guys were getting as big as they could with traditional. You know, androgenic type stuff, but I mean, literally you could be so big, you're just a twitching beanbag. And I just don't see what's heroic about that at all.
1: Well, also you know? the thing is, like you're saying, I think, I think, you know, under the current, um, again, you know, excuse it, you know, taking away the, the oil and taking away that, you know, all that type of th- thing, but you know, staying with what we have now. That's, you know, I, again, legitimate to growing muscle. Like you say, you know, like the anabolic steroids, the growth hormones, so forth. I really think that we've already seen. Um, the limits of human size. I, I really do believe that because people say, "Oh, well, the guys today are much bigger than they were like you know 15 years ago." You know what? But look at the physique and look at the difference. I, I'm talking about muscle and not just distended guts and you know artificial inflation you know due to due to certain compounds. I'm talking about just holding lean muscle tissue, um, and I firmly believe that. I mean, I think the guys who were you know in what I think was one of the best um, IFBB pro um, eras, the whole Kevin Lavroni. Dorn Yates era. I think those guys were every bit as big. No, I'm, I'm being truthful like this than the guys today. I just think, like I say, I mean, but they the waist were, you know, five inches in the, the, the distension, and it, certainly that was starting to come on the scene then too. Of course, I'm not, you know, having looking through it, you know, through rose colored glasses here. But I think to take it to a, I mean, because the guys now who are at the upper limits of just Bulk, you know, however you want to define it. I mean, it's starting, and, and Lonnie, Lonnie, you and I have talked about this in the past, kind of. It's, it's, there's, there's something weird going on. It's starting to actually turn on these guys. Yeah. I mean, and again, no yeah. disrespect. I've said this before, no disrespect to Dave Palumbo, but you know, people are actually refer to it. There's actually a, a, a fairly common phrase that's used um, term for it. It's called Palumboism. It's where, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you get this, these guys are, just superhuman size and you know, volume and so forth for several years. And then it really starts, um, you know, in a way almost they start decomposing, you know. It's well, kind of like,
0: diminishing returns, especially through their limbs. Well, like yeah, you well, said, their yeah, triceps go away, their legs and, tend and to again, go away. And again,
1: for the listeners who don't really know what, you know, we mean when we say palumboism, it's just like Lonnie is saying, it's just this phenomenon where all of a sudden again what was once hyperinflated limbs and so forth starts shrinking vascularity is still there that hence the whole term of you know bag of worms kind of thing um you know gut distension um you know really it's very strange and again no disrespect to ronnie coleman i mean ronnie coleman is you know one of the greatest bodybuilding champions of all time but i mean in the last year or two, I mean, and yes, he's had a lot of health issues, and he's had some surgeries and so forth, some first his back. He's had a lot of problems. But, um, I mean, he really is starting to take on those characteristics as well. And it's not just there's a lot of guys where this is happening to. You know, the whole kind of disappearing tricep syndrome. You know, I, I was, Lonnie, and you remember I was talking to you saying, you know, the whole um, DTS, disappearing triceps syndrome. This is really happening, folks. I mean, if you look at a lot of these guys, it's like, what is happening with these guys? You know, they...
0: It's like they have a five-year ride, you know, ahead of them, and maybe they think it's going to continue, but it's not going to continue. You know what I mean? Because there's just changes in their shape and whatnot. But.
1: Yeah, no, it's very strange. And like, I, like, you know, I mean, it's been speculated many times, and I actually agree, you know, nerve damage in some way because of some of the mass that they're carrying or, you know, impingements that are happening because of, you know, excessive mass in certain parts of the body or on the spine or I don't know. Well,
0: don't, I'll tell no. you what. So let's talk about... What's real, you know, because I think unfortunately with YouTube, and I didn't mention that because you know, when we talk about powerlifting performances, like you said earlier, you alluded to, YouTube is a culprit in a way that, you know, Photoshop is with some of the, you know, the physique pictures. But what about real extreme, you know, physiques, uh, or performances? So we were talking about this a little bit earlier before we hit record, but, you know, obviously when I look at this sort of thing, I tend to look at the older pictures, and in fact, even just Google images, you know, you see amazing pictures of, of Franco Colombo, for example, you know, deadlifting, huge amounts of weight, you know, he's not a big dude, um by any stretch of the imagination, as far as height, I mean, what is he, 5'4", five, 5'6", five, I don't know, Um huge uh, amounts of weight, and if you look at some, like, or his back, or you look at, you know, some of the um best body parts, I tend to hearken back to the golden days in a way, because, you know, there's something that's just more authentic about the way those guys look. Now, don't get me wrong, I could talk about Franco's lats and filling the gap in his arms and all that sort of thing, you know, because part of it was the way he was built. But, I mean, like, as a more modern example, of course, Ronnie's back, some of these pictures that I've been looking at online are outrageous. And they're real, you know, and I know they're real because I've actually seen videos of him I don't know what mr Olympia he was training for but he was training at home and yeah that was uh, in,
1: that was in the last few years yeah which I oh which I actually, my god yeah I mean <laughs> I
0: just I mean it was it was the first time in a long time I got kind of motivated to go to the gym you know I mean not because I'm gonna look like that necessarily but just wow, well, wow. If you, recall, if you
1: recall Lonnie you and I were actually in New York City when when in, in for the ninety eight Mr. Olympia, which was um which was the first year that Ronnie Coleman actually won the Mr. Olympia. Um we were there actually to witness it. And he I mean he arguably looked the best he ever looked there in the next couple of years. I mean and he was when I say only, of course it's, you know, relatively speaking, but you know, he was like whatever he was, right, two fifty five to two sixty. And then if you recall, you know, three or four years later, um He literally was on this, you know, stepped on stage stage like 297 pounds or something like that. Yeah, he Um, transformed from the time he he
0: entered the pro ranks to something. He got a hold of something. I'm telling you. Because, well, yeah, and you know, you look at that.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, you can say, yeah, he's more freaky, but of course then the argument is, you know, well, you know, does that necessarily mean better? And of course the people who are a little, you know, more purists are people who are looking at more as like, like, like yourself, Lonnie and me as more of a, not more of a, but kind of the, with, you know, putting a, a, a certain premium on it, you know, a certain premium on aesthetics. There is an argument very much to be made that, yeah, he was better, you know, at the lighter body weights. I mean, you could say the same. I mean, Flex Wheeler talks all the time about saying that he still feel, he, feels he was always at his best, you know, at like 220 to 230, you know, and then when he, you know, his heaviest, he was, I think, like 245, 250. And, and the same could be said for him or anybody else. Um, so it's one of those things where you're always constantly battling between, you know, what's better, freakier? Or, well, I'll
0: tell you, you know. Rob, even though I'm not a big fan of him as a, a person, <laughs> Flex Wheeler, and again, I I know there was a lot of, uh you know, urban legends about him getting 20, 30 injections of, you know, Synthol at specific right. yeah. strategic points in his back to make it look that apple and and bulgy. And But yeah. at his best... Um, he was extremely freaky, very superhero-like. But, straight that's out of a exactly comic book, the perfect
1: word for it, yeah. He was. He had a real cartoon look to him, without question. I and mean, I
0: I think he was the most extreme. I know there were some other people that they threw into that extremely genetically gifted, you know, uh
1: group. And, and sometimes you'd hear Paul Delette in the same breath, but never, never like Flex. Outrageous. Yeah, I agree. You know? I agree. I think he was the guy. And like I say, I mean, yeah, there was all sorts of talk about you know injections and fake calves and all this stuff, but, I mean, you know, if you're taking all that away and just looking at what he looked like on stage, regardless of how it was achieved, I mean, yeah, he when he was at his best, he was literally DC Comics come to life. There's no question.
0: Let me ask you this. What about the most extreme legs? Who? I mean, obviously, Platts comes to mind. I'm looking at a picture of him right now, and you know what blew me away about Platts was it wasn't just his quadriceps, necessarily. It was like his adductors. His inner thigh was so meaty. Right. That he had those giant quads laying on top of slabs and slabs of of meat uh, that were under them and around them and behind them and his hamstrings and Jesus, you know. Yeah, no, I
1: I think I think you know, all things considered, I think from a bodybuilding perspective, probably he still has had the best legs. And again, I don't mean to suggest that guys haven't matched the girth of his thighs because. Undoubtedly people have certain people who are taller and so forth. And so it's, you know, relatively not as quote big, but, um, you know, guys could even point to guys like Paul DeMeo. and, you know, an extra, absolutely, uh, I've been pro. Well, he actually turned pro and then I think he did one or two shows and I, he's actually sadly, I think, committed suicide several years ago, but you know, I mean, I've seen him in real life back when he won the, uh, I think he turned pro at the, I think, I think it was the nationals or the USA, but anyway, I mean, he had godly thighs. I mean, and this is a guy that was, you know, people called this guy the. You know, what do they call him? Quadzilla. So yeah, oh yeah. Uh, uh, but again, even still, I don't think he had the quality because, like I said, like like even if he had the definition, Platts always looked like he had. Not just massive wheels that were cut. It was almost like but he had separate. massive wheels, but it was like it was almost like you could actually see like a clump of muscle on a, of cl- a clump of muscle on a top of. Yeah. A, a you and I drug. have
0: talked about that before. Maybe that was the old androgen era, you know, before you, you you saw the the kinds of cutting drugs or other things that are involved now, or growth factors or whatever. But there was more separation between the muscle groups in those guys. Yeah. Uh, even as massive as Platts was, you know, you could see, you know, his VMO, his teardrop is separate. From his his rectus or his vastus lateralis. I mean, these are, like you said, they're they're individual uh, muscles that you can see. And sometimes now the guys they get rock hard, but it looks more like sort of a a mass. Of, of hardness instead yeah, of you know yeah. a, a real separated anatomy chart kind of
1: thing you know and it, it needs to be said too that we're not you can't just talk about bodybuilding like this because even alluding to kirk kowalski we were talking about earlier with the squat doubling thousand all this kind of thing the whole thing is guys like that again of course you're not talking about the you know again quality is kind of a you know, nowhere word really, but I mean, you know, like the, from a, from a quality of just sheer mass and size and bulk, I mean, you know, there's a lot of strong men and powerlifters who have, who have, you know, walked around with tremendously massive legs. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, so, yeah. You, yeah. you know, I mean, there's a lot of raw, raw kind of unpolished muscle in, in those sports too, so. Well, think
0: about how they used to compare like Fred Hatfield with uh, Tom Platts, you know, they do squat competitions and all that yeah. kind of stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. and I mean, I don't know if nowadays, other than Stan efforting, uh a lot of people get tons of attention in powerlifting for you know also having amazing physiques. But there is that World's Strongest Bodybuilder thing, which is sort of cool, I think, because it it harkens back to you know the old days we always talk about when when big guys were strong and strong guys were big. Right, you know? right. And, and no, that, I,
2: I think, think I think Rob hit you on know, something. I think's forgotten a lot. I mean, I know I have a, a guy that trains out of here with me that you know you you go talk about big legs and. Everybody talks about bodybuilders. And you know I got a kid in here that's five what is he five six, five five, two thirty, and his quads are he's not ripped, but he's lean. Yeah. Um he's got thirty four inch quads. You
1: know that he's got oh. two
2: he has two of people's waists on his legs. Right. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's, there's no, no so doubt. He, Yeah, I mean uh, in some people always say like, you know, there just there's a lot of like A lot of great legs, you know, in powerlifting, those types of sports. Like I say, unpolished from a competitive bodybuilding standpoint, for sure. But But impressive. But but the raw material is there. I mean, and like you're talking about Stan efforting, but who I, you know, being who I am and where I come from and where I now currently sit as a trainer, I really love guys like that. You know, guys who who really kind of love the whole concept of it, you know, which is, I think, in line with, you know, the three of us. You know, we love them. Huge. We love huge strength. We love it all, right? So he a guy like that. I mean, yeah. this guy is an IFBB professional bodybuilder. Sure, he's not, you know, first tier. He's probably like, you know, third or fourth tier pro, but he is a pro bodybuilder, which is an yeah. accomplishment in itself, you know, and, uh, you know, massively muscular and gets in tremendous shape. But here's a guy that heads the, I, I mean, I, I think he still does hold the raw powerlifting total, uh, record. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I love to see that. I just love, like Johnny yeah. Jackson, another IFBB pro. Again, he's maybe second or third tier pro. Still a pro. Uh, and, and this guy is like, you know, this guy deadlifts in the 800s, this guy squats. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, a strong dude. I mean, of course, you know, when, when he was um, endorsed by MuscleTech, they were always trumping him as the world's strongest bodybuilder. I don't agree. But regardless, regardless of that yeah. fact, the point is, is the guy was strong, he competed in bodybuilding, and he competes in yeah. powerlifting at a very high level. You know, when he wasn't, you know, yeah. uh, you know, he'd, he'd bulk up, do his powerlifting meets, then you know, lean down to, do, and he was, you know, he's very successful at both, and I and I really like to see that, you know.
0: Yeah, that's that's for me. That's that's something that I'm very interested in myself. As I just, you know, it's not going to be on that kind of level, but you know, I've always been really interested in being able to compete, you know, with very respectable uh, performances in both uh, kinds of events, because you know, although they're brother sports in a lot of ways, I mean, it's a far cry. From you know a heavyweight powerlifter to get down to four percent body fat and then try to do something bodybuilding related, and actually compete and actually place you know in, in fairly big events. But but let's talk about powerlifting quickly. Extreme powerlifting. Uh, Phil, you were you were talking about what jumped to your mind? What was a super extreme performance there?
2: Well, Kirk Kurowski, when he when he doubled in training a thousand pound squat. Um, amazing. You know that's just stupid. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's just insane. And that was coming up to a meeting. He's like, he admits, you know, it wasn't the smartest thing for the meet, but it was there. So I took it. And you, you know, know what? Because you could do that?
1: And you also have to consider the fact that, you know, this is, this is several years before the advent of, I mean, sure. He was still wearing a lifting suit. Of yeah. course. And he was getting advantage from his wrap. Sure. So forth, but I mean, it hadn't come nearly no. to the point where it is now. So exactly. I mean, and this you have is to... a gen-
2: genuinely strong dude. I mean, he came back and he, he did. Lifts raw. That, and he, yep. he holds records raw. But I mean, he was the, he still holds the record in the, uh, IPF for a thousand three pound squat as a 275er. Um that's a big freaking squat for somebody under 300 pounds. I you? love um, it when he did two reps.
0: Like, yeah, not exactly. necessary, not called for. No. You know, it's just like what we were talking about before we hit record. <laughs> when I saw Kaz do that at a strongman event, God, it was years ago. He was, you know how they, obviously it's not a free bar squat, but he blasted up a weight that was much bigger than the second-place guy, and then he looked around, and with extreme co- uh, cockiness, did it again. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't then, necessary. He only got credit for one. That was nothing but, you know, suck it. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And then- I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit, and Jack left town.
2: <laughs> I've talking about Kaz, you know, and a lot of people forget about his powerlifting. You know, he was a power lifter first and foremost before, before strongman and arguably the best ever. Um, he was the first person to bench 300 kilograms. Well,
1: you, you know, know, he so. did, I mean, were talking about that guy that and I And everything talking? was raw. Yeah. You
2: know, 925 squat, 662 bench, 974 deadlift. Yeah. I mean, that's putting it all together. You know, you see a lot of guys who can bench big, a lot of guys who can squat big or deadlift big, but he, you know, this, he was all around just freakish
1: you yeah, know i i still think yeah. he's probably the strongest man overall that that has ever lived as far as yeah. somebody who's actually engaged in, you know who knows about a, a genetic freak that never yeah. but i mean earlier i was talking about this, this gentleman on on that i saw the video for that was doing six reps with 600 on the bench i that matches i believe what casmeyer's best for reps was i think he did six with six two, um and many people said that he probably would have you know benched a hell of a lot more because apparently he suffered um pretty much a, a career ending as far as yeah. you know heavy bench presses um injury very soon after that so that kind of kiboshed that but um it it just goes to show you how impressive those numbers are because again we're talking about a guy who did this 30 years ago and now you yeah. have this guy doing it so it's uh, you know we had actually a show about a year ago talking about um you know the advances and you know have human beings strength athletes you know how much realistic and stronger have they gotten i don't know if, well, no, yeah. probably- uh, you know, Rob, yeah.
0: if I can just, readers, if you're interested, you can just check out uh, Wikipedia. And I, I, I often take this with a grain of salt, as I'm sure you do. But uh, they actually have a, a page called Progression of the Bench Press World Record. And it oh. starts all the way back around, you know, oh, God, late 1800s, right around 1900, oh. you know, and, and all the way through the guys that are literally, you know, maxing like 1075 in the bench apparently now.
1: I mean. What? Well, yeah, that's that's what that's the um, the with the extreme gear and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, uh,
0: well, that's that's kind of what we're saying, right? I mean, are those guys really that much stronger than like a Ted Arcidi, for example? Well, well I know, mean, like again, eighties you know,
1: the classic example is the seven fifteen, you know, um, raw by Scott Mendelson, right? And I mean, yeah. there's a guy that was you know competing against Ryan Keneally for. You know, the all time biggest bench press record at all. And they you know, they were hovering around just under or around 1100 pounds with yeah. the, with the gear. So yeah. do the math, 715 yeah. to 1100. So, exactly. you know, you figure out how much, you know, advantage they're getting with these suits. And of course you have to use them and, re- you know, and learn how to use them optimally. But the fact of the matter is, yeah, these guys are putting easily again with the proper fit, proper suit and the proper training with these guys are putting three or four hundred pounds. No problem on their bench with these, with these. Bench shirts and, um, you know. And it's not of... to
0: necessarily take from it either. I think it's cool to watch equipped and raw events. I I know that, you know, we're all sort of lean toward raw. I think if I actually can ever try a powerlifting meet, though, I will try some kind of single-ply shirt or, you know, some kind of uh, beginner-level uh gear. I don't know, just just to see what it feels like, really. It's just sort of the experience for me, you know, like bucket list kind of thing. But um, I can tell you this, though. If listeners, if you have not been to a powerlifting meet, they are very motivating. I, the first time I competed in a bodybuilding show, well, it was the first time in a comeback kind of thing after years of being away from it. I, I was, uh, I was at the Mountaineer Cup in West Virginia mm, yeah. and I got to watch, you know, uh, you know, Eddie Cohn and there was a, a group of, Rob, I've told you like there was probably three or four yeah. huge, uh, old dudes from Russia came over. These guys were like, I don't know, late fifties. And they're yeah. all punching up 9.50 in the squat, you know, 9, 9.50. I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, that is so fun to watch. I mean, if you yeah. really appreciate real strength, not YouTube strength, not Photoshop, whatever, but, you know, the real deal, wow. Just to be in the presence of that
1: is very
0: inspiring.
1: So- yeah. And the more you you look into like, actually just watch that things, the more it, it never ceases to amaze me on some of these m- muscle boards you know, how many people who claim to be and I guess are big, you know, bodybuilding fans really don't understand strength. It's it really stuns me how people think, oh, you hear people I mean you hear it all the time, people saying, oh, you know, oh what what's a what a big deal, right? That you know a four or five bench is nothing. And you're yeah. saying, well, in first of all you have to anybody who knows strength knows that depending on kind of what the variables are that go into whatever the you know that lift is it makes a huge difference because under, you know, if the guy's under 300 pounds and he's drug free and he's raw, that's monstrous. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's Absolutely. like, eight. and guys throw about all these numbers like, oh, you know, 500 pound bench is nothing and so forth. And, you know, they, you see some guy who's drug free and he's bench pressing 450 and he weighs 320 pounds. And oh, you know, you get comments like, oh, that's nothing. The guy weighs 325 pounds. It's like, you dumbass. It's like, I mean, like, I don't know anybody, <laughs> like, like, I don't know anybody who's, you know, truly is drug free that's throwing around over four, certainly in the mid fours, who who conceivably ever could weigh more, less than 300 pounds. Um, you know, I mean, I, maybe somebody's done it once in a while, but I mean, come on, let's be realistic. I mean, I'm, and I'll tell you, Rob, there are
0: people who are, will, they'll talk about some of these, you know, quote unquote, natural pro bodybuilders. And I mean, gosh, back in the day, I, you know, oh yeah, even question whether such a thing
1: existed. But, Michael Ashley you know, and John. Oh, well, yeah. John and
0: even Bill, some yeah. of the, the new breed of guys, you know. They're supposedly, you know, they're two hundred pounds ish, and you know, there's uh, videos of them apparently deadlifting, you know, crazy seven something for reps, and you're like, what, yeah. what? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I just, I think the average guy needs to, you know, appreciate strength uh, on a real level. You know what I mean, and like you said, damn, it's impressive when you see somebody walk up who's not a really big dude, and he's got he's gonna wrestle with four or five hundred pounds of iron right on, brother. You know, because the average man is a
1: is a twink compared to you. Go for it. Anybody who can, and it's arguably, but I mean, anybody who could bench press around five hundred pounds, I don't care. Like you were saying earlier, Lonnie, I don't care how heavy you are. If you're truly, truly drug-free and you can push around 500 pounds, I don't care if you wear four, weigh 420 pounds, that is a gigantic <clears throat> bench press. because You're I mean, simply you, doing
0: something that 99.999% of men have never done. No, do. and, Yeah,
2: I mean, even benching, you can't fake a 405 bench press. Anybody that benches four plates has had to train for it. <laughs> you know, yeah, you, can't, oh, yeah. point, you just can't. There's no one, I don't think, you know, I mean, there's some amazing things like um, Poundstone talks about the first time he ever deadlifted when he was a kid. He was able to pull, you know, I don't remember, what, 500 pounds or something like that. But you're just not going to go under and fake. You're not going to lay down and just naturally be able to bench four hundred and five pounds. Ain't going to happen. No, you're not. From doing push-ups. You no, know. You're <laughs> well, and you're not going to be
0: able to squat 400 probably either. You know what yeah. I mean? People don't just walk up under a, uh, a 400 or a 495 bar and then just stand up and sit down with, yeah, hey, I'll just do that a few times. No, no you're oh, not. And-
2: That's, I mean, all these people that we're talking about, I mean, you gotta remember they're the genetic freaks. Like, I listened to Kirk Kowalski's, uh, interview recently with, with Rip, and he went into high school as a freshman, and he had never squatted before. So they tested him in, in his high school, they had two gyms. They had, I don't know, he called it the girly gym, and then the, the the big kids gym. So they, they tested him on squat, and he had never squatted before, and he squatted 315. That's freaking insane. And he's, he says that he's, he'll admit, I'm a genetic freak. Which is great. I love that he does that. Right. You know, he's, uh, that's humbling for other people. But, you know, I don't know. Coming back on topic, I guess, you know, I think, uh, again, Kaz, for his world's strongest man thing, taking, taking three titles in a row. And then they just don't invite him back for six years when he's in his prime. <laughs> right. That's pretty humble. You know, that's yeah, you know yeah. you're a badass. If yeah. You
0: win. Badass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they
2: they don't invite him back for six years. He's out of his prime. They let him come back in eighty eight and he still takes second. You know, that's yes. you know still um, a
0: badass.
2: Exactly. <laughs> um a forgotten one, I think, because we don't talk about it much, um in Olympic weightlifting. Leonid Tar- 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 Taryanenko. Right, I know the name. Yeah, for sure. Um Still holds the world record for, for from from 1980 with uh, 585 pound clean and jerk. And sense. you know it's officially not the world record now because they restructured the weight class yeah, after. Yeah, it.
1: yeah. But yeah, you know, I think that's insane. Yeah, the guy who holds it now, I think, has like what, what two or three pounds less.
2: Yeah, it's an asterisk, you know, under his beside Taryanenko's because they they adjusted the weight classes when they made drugs illegal. Right. But you know, 585 pounds clean and jerked over your head, and a 475 kilo total. That's just
1: no. That that I mean, yeah. you know, and, and to people out there who just you know visit kind of just regular commercial gyms with you know which most of us do, even the powerlifters, you know, with like certainly in North America for sure, like you know with just 45 pound pound plates and so forth. Go to the gym and load up. A standard forty-five pound bar with six six forty-fives aside. That's that's five hundred eighty-five pounds. Right,
0: and just look at it. Just
1: <laughs> and now, just look at it. now consider picking that up off the and not just picking up off the floor, which, by a way, a very requires a very strong man to yeah. pick it off the floor. But now, think about putting it over your freaking head, full yeah. arms extended, right. and not and not like you know bending over backwards, like, a, like you know, and right. busting your, your you're getting spine.
0: stapled right into the
1: floor. Yeah, right. no, it's, it's, yeah. it's mind-blowing. Even to guys like us, um, you know, like Phil and I and so forth, who, I mean, that is, it, even to powerlifters who are very strong and deadlift, you know, 6, 7, 800 pounds, that is an unbelievable. Oh,
0: yeah. no. Well, and you know what, you guys, and I think Phil once said, you know, if you, if I do something, I want to be freaking good. I think yeah. we all follow that mantra. I mean, yeah. that doesn't mean that I'm going to have Ronnie Coleman's back. I mean, I've just sure. made life choices that, that are different from his, you know, or it doesn't mean that, he, you know, as, as athletic or as strong as Phil is, he's going to be throwing that up over his head either. No. Uh, you know, at the same time, that's inspiring. You yes. recognize that that's an outlier and you, you, and yep. you push your own performance with it, you know. I mean,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, I, God, I'd want to, but I know I'll never be cast. It's just not going to happen. You know, I didn't have the right parents
0: yeah those Fun. of you who are out there, if you've never been in the presence of a dude like Kaz, oh, I mean dude. Rob and I are standing looking at him and imagine like it's two silhouettes looking at a mountain with the sun behind it or something I or remember
1: start. you and I Lonnie were at I can't remember where we were it was the you, Arnold classic dude was it the Arnold classic yeah. and they, but they had was some
0: bending sp- he was bending metal bars or something or no, courses. but there was
1: some other time that we were um we were you and I went into some sort of it was some sort of uh gathering of like it was a, it was a meal of some sort, and you and I showed up and he was there. And we were sitting at a table already eating. It was like a, like a, a buffet type thing. It was you and me. And, and we were sitting there and Kaz was in the line and our table just happened to be beside the buffet line and he was standing up with his back to us and he was, you know, maybe five feet away. Okay. And I remember actually staring at his back. And this is, I mean, yeah. he, you know, he's getting on. This is, this is only several years ago anyway. So, you know, he was not a young man then as well. And I remember looking at you, Lonnie, and saying, Oh, look, look at Kaz's back. I thought, remember I said, I don't know if you will remember this, Lonnie, and I said to you, I said, just look at his back and think, as you're looking at his back, think to yourself how much weight that supported. Right. In the course of that life. I, I, I don't know if you remember that, but I,
0: it's. Literally like workhorse, Clydesdale, you know, yeah. type level of work, oh, at yeah. mass and meat. He's,
2: he's still a beast today. He just, a buddy of mine a few months ago had an amateur strongman competition in Texas and Kaz was the announcer.
0: Yeah, he's and a good he announcer. Gets, I like the guy. I really yeah. do. I mean, he doesn't remember me, I'm sure, and I don't care. No, he's, he's an, one impressive,
1: you know, yeah. dude.
2: But my buddy got to talk to him. They were talking about, it, cause they had to press a hundred pound dumbbell. One of those circus dumbbells overhead. Mm-hmm. And Kaz is 59 years old, and he's like, yeah, I said, you know, that hundred pound dumbbell's starting to get me too. I can only strict press it for 35 reps now.
1: <laughs> and the guy's 60. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, the, yeah. you know, the story I always use about him, which I really like, is he, there was a video I, I saw several years ago where he was, I I I don't know, I guess um, some school for elementary school or something brought him in as a motivational speaker for children for, you know, athleticism or something. And he was actually in a gym, you know, showing all these children who were, you know, probably, I don't know, eight, nine years old, you know, just through a gym and, you know, to kind of expose them a little bit to the whole, you know, the, the whole thing. And he was... He walked. He was throwing them the the dumbbell rack, and there was a a pair of 150s at the end. He's like, "Oh, you know, and these are very heavy. Don't you want to, you know, screw with those? You know, they'll break your toes or whatever." And then he's and some and one of the kid little boys says, "Could you know, could you lift that?" (laughs) I'll never forget. I mean, he's not warmed up. He's wearing like, you know, like a button-down shirt and like khaki pants. Mm -hmm. He grabs the 150s off the rack, heaves them over, and shoulder presses them for like. What, I mean, it looks like the easiest set of like 10 you've ever seen. Yeah. And you're just like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Like, that's just ridiculous. Let's right. talk a little bit also about, cause, uh, about extreme, um, you know, weight training injuries. <laughs> now, do we have time to do that, Phil?
2: Yeah, I think
1: we do. Okay, we have, uh, because I, I wanted to bring yeah, that up Yeah,
2: we got too. four or five months. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, I'll tell you if we could just run down a quick list. Then I mean, I've got injuries, and you know, there's another topic we could talk about some other time. But it's extreme meals. Like Rob's oh. thing, you and I. Times <laughs> we've bright. seen Gary Strideham. Gary Strideham wins. He wins that category. Oh, that yeah. guy could eat entire farms worth of animals. <laughs> I mean, Built would be completely destitute yeah. if, they, if that guy walked by. But anyway. <laughs> I mean literally you know like the multiple turkeys and followed up with a few steaks oh. you know anyway we we won't go there but I almost want to talk about extreme meals as well but yeah, yeah as far as injuries the first thing that i that came to my mind was that the, the John Jean-Pierre Fuchs when he did the double quad blowout
1: in that photo shoot in Flux uh, yeah and um, those photos are all over you know the internet for anybody who who was, hasn't seen them or is wondering about them you can go on there and I again Jean-Pierre you know Fuchs, Jean-Pierre Fuchs, he was an IFBB professional bodybuilder for several years, uh, maybe a decade or so ago. Um, a real and, ass monster, right? Not real pretty, but... Oh, yeah. no. Ridiculously gigantic. And, and the photo shoot was he wanted it to be realistic, and I think it was Chris Lund, I believe. I, if I have that wrong, I apologize, but I think it might have been Chris Lund doing the photo shoot. And he was there, and... He had been doing 675 on the squat for the last few weeks, and he's like, you know, oh, you know, this is what I do, you know, in the last little bit of training, which is, which is a monstrous weight, cause you know, I mean, t- you know, this is bodybuilding training, you know what I mean? Like, this is just, yeah. you know, like, he reps and sets. I mean, so that's ridiculous, I mean, it's ridiculous for a single in gear, but I mean, um, and, and he was doing the reps and, you know, he was snapping the photos away, and the unthinkable happened. I mean, his, both his, both his knees went completely... Right done (laughs) his
0: quadriceps tendons let go i think yeah you can actually
1: and and chris lund um in the whole process was just snapping as photographers in in the industry do trying to capture the moments they're like chick 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 and he got a series all the
0: guys quads roll up into his
1: waist yeah he he got a series that's it man game over man it's game over yeah, and they're to this day they're infamous now. Those photographs are infamous, just like the sock shots from you know um, Dorian Yates in his gym back in the you know nineteen ninety four. And yeah. I mean, these are infamous shots. And they're,
0: horrific instead of impressive. Yeah,
1: yeah they're, they are horrific. And um but I mean, you know, all these types of stories. I mean, we're talking about straw men, Certainly, Franco Columbo, you know, two-time Mister Olympia, Arnold's training partner and best friend for many years. You know, he uh, of course back when the world strongman competition, the strongman competition wasn't really a specified sport like it is today, you know, where it was more like kind of a conglomerate Odd of guys, lifts, NFL yeah. guys and bodybuilders and powerlifters would just come and do it, you know, more now it's a very specific sport. But back in the, I think it was the early eighties, um, like 1980, I believe, or I think he took his second Mr. Olympia in 81. Right. So, and it, and it affected him there. So it must've been 80, 1980, um, and he was running with a fridge on his back <laughs> in a race, and uh, and again you can see this footage. This footage, I think, on YouTube. It's uh, yeah, somebody it's posted harsh. it recently, and you can see him running, and his knee just. I mean, it just blows out. I mean, no,
0: ugh. actually, Fortress. I've seen still pictures. I don't think I've ever seen the video.
1: No, there is video because I saw oh, it like God. I saw it two or three months ago. Somebody right. posted it on there. Somebody has the, had the actual. Maybe they like. You know, Super Eight filmed it off the TV, but I mean, the I saw footage, absolute foot. It's from the oh, front. You can see man. his knee just kind of cave right in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I've I've been uh, you know I've been witness to some knee blowouts myself. Yeah. Actually, two big ones. There was another former um, Canadian pro bodybuilder, uh, Jason Marcovici who actually competed again just recently. Actually, at the Toronto Pro Show last year. But do you um, guys
0: have pictures of your of yourselves getting hurt or after you were
1: oh, hurt? I have some after, like when I blew my bicep. Yeah. You know what? Up. We
0: should put that on our Facebook page. I've got some pictures uh, of when I blew my triceps. I turned black from my wrist to yeah. my nipple. You, you
1: know, those, fo- those photos that you have, Lonnie, of that remind me very much of the, again, infamous shots of Doreen Yates' torn biceps. Um, though mm-hmm. don't know, he's, of yeah. course, several times Mr. Olympia who, uh, suffered a very bad, uh, biceps blowout. I think in the 90s, 94- Four no ninety five
0: I think Olympia. do you know was he deadlifting or something, or did he do
1: that with, during biceps work i 'm not entirely sure think... he probably was doing something like bent rows or something because I 'll
0: just... tell you in the real world, I mostly see popped biceps from deadlifts
1: um... well, I think he was so, doing like you know how he used to do his kind of thing? Yates rows you know how he used to do his infamous oh, okay. bent over rows, but he yeah. used to do it with the prone grip, like almost so he thought you know put him, his biceps in a more advantageous yep. position yeah, i think I, I think that 's how he did it, but um Certainly, I mean, and you, you know, the, the Vince Taylor story about him, you know, tearing his bicep with a 10 pound dumbbell backstage. Well, I was going to bring that up just to yeah. finish out because yeah. that's the least extreme injury. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 most ex- was- no, the most extreme injury, or injury in the least extreme scenario. <laughs> yeah, that's the right. uh, that's the right. worst I've seen,
2: I've seen a lot of them personally, a lot of ripped quads and stuff like that. The worst one was at a uh, meet I threw. It was my first Lift for Hope. And, uh, I had built a custom wheelbarrow for it. The wheelbarrow itself was 500 pounds, and it was like 8 feet long. And then they had to load 1,000 pounds worth of sandbags on it um, for the heavyweights. One of the guys picked it up, and he made it. He didn't get it totally erect before he took off, so he didn't like stand up and stable himself before he started running. So he gets it up about halfway and takes his first step. The, the knee just shatters on the left leg. And he boom catches the weight with his right, and his quad rips in half oh on that leg. Oh God! So just because all you know, fifteen hundred pounds went from one leg to the next, and just so he's got a blown knee and then a quad
1: just ripped in half on the other he couldn't leg. Couldn't
0: take the double load on the yeah,
1: side. and uh, just oh, it was horrible. Oh God! At the at the weekend yeah. that I actually met and befriended Brad Gillingham, of course the you know world-renowned super heavyweight world champion, IPF world champion powerlifter, he was doing that. Um, kind of invite for the strength challenge at the Arnold, and I was with him hanging around, and he uh, tore his bicep running up a ramp with, I think it was like a 600 pound, like, they would stand in the middle of it. It was almost like, if you could kind of picture it, like a a half-built log cabin mm-hmm. um, that you're standing in the middle of, so you kind of pick it up, and then you run up this ramp that, I don't know what the, the grade was, but, I mean... And he was doing that, and he tore his biceps. So, I mean, if you're around this for long enough, like I yeah. you know, I'm sure many of our listeners, can, you know, you're going to see this stuff. I mean, it, it, just like we've always said, if you do this hard enough, long enough, and serious enough, you're going to injure yourself. The, oh, and the, it get,
0: you know what, Rob? It gives you respect yeah. for the people who get the repair and get back in the race. Yeah. yeah. Such amount of courage. I know Phil, has. To, he's had a lot of courage that coming back, you know, uh, rethinking his his hip. You know, yeah. or me with my triceps or whatever. I mean, the, yeah, well, look these at me are in my big, last meet. Big respect for guys yeah. who have
1: the ball. Look balls at me at my last meet. And, and by the way, I'm not comparing what I did to my knee to, you know, what certainly what Phils had to deal with a Lanny U surgery. I'm just making the point that you know, I've been relatively unscathed in my career, and you know, I did my last meet there, and on my second squat, I hurt my knee. I mean, now thankfully it's it's healing. And it wasn't that serious because I chose not to squat the third attempt, but. The point being is if you do this long enough and hard enough and seriously enough, you will get hurt. The trick is Rob, to try and- you know and what? Get-
0: you walked away and probably saved yourself. I mean, you could have saved yourself a blown squat. Cause I can't tell you how many times I, I thought, if I would have only not done that heavier set of, yep. you know, triceps extensions, I yep. wouldn't have tore it free. No, it might have come loose later anyway, but you know what I mean? It was stupidity. And I, I could have walked away, and you did. So you you may have actually saved your you know career in
1: any kind of you know next two three years anyway. Oh, I'm very thankful, and like I said, I attribute it all to experience because when you train for long enough, you get to know yourself so yeah. well that you know what an acceptable pain is, and you yeah. know what a pain is that's indicating that you're you know, you're a few reps reps or sets removed from actually causing yourself an injury that's not just an inflamed you know something inflamed just you're gonna blow something.
0: You're lucky to actually get a warning at all because a lot of people yeah. will tear a muscle with really no warning at all. Yep. Right. So, well
1: yeah. we better shut it down guess. All right. Good stuff. All, all yeah, right folks yeah, we hope you enjoyed all that. We kind of were just uh, kind of freewheeling it there with a kind of... Yeah, a,
2: no offense to any of the lifters or, you know, athletes that we missed because we definitely didn't cover them all. I mean, people like uh, Ed Cohn and stuff, we didn't even mention. And God, everybody knows he's a freak. Yeah.
1: So, Well, what what's... Okay, I'm going to leave our listeners with a famous quote by Ed Cohn when he blew his knees there several years ago at one of his last meets before he retired. You can actually find that video, too, mm-hmm. on YouTube. He blows his knees, pitches forward... You know, like falls off the. And, and the quote is, and you can hear him say it when everybody's tending to him, well, just drag me off of here so the next guy can come up and lift.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. Nice, Eddie. Exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Thanks a lot, everybody. All right, guys.
0: Iron Radio is accepting donations. for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. Hey, IronRadio.org listeners, this is Lonnie Lowry, and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google CRC Press, Lowry, L O W E R Y, and Protein, you can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes everything on the safety of high protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types, practical applications and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the the state-of-the-art science and if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you can hold up and say, this is what the literature says about stressed kidneys or bone loss or gout or dehydration or I got to stop eating here. <laughs> you guys are going to mock me, but I got up to 215. I felt I, I just felt too fat. I, I, I had to. Oh man, here comes. it back down to 210. Couldn't do it, guys. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> oh,
0: god. We'll talk. We'll talk I'm... about it on the air. Oh, oh my god. Uh. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> uh. It just makes
0: you want to just crawl under a rock. <laughs>